Please listen carefully. The top 10 most written about ships on an, our cup of our own are all male male pairings. Of course. I think I think zero of them are canon. Um, and some of them are like real life pairings, like BTS dudes or whatever. So like that's what fan fiction is. And I hate myself because I am back in. I blame more than anything else, Elliot. And I blame Nat for talking about the magicians in the first place in that one episode. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And today's episode, we are talking all about one hit wonders. And what that can mean is a lot of things for either of us. It can be shows that only had one season that could have had so many more. Uh, Same movies or books that could have done that. Authors that only released a single book and it was amazing and then ran off the face of the earth. Um, Anything like that. We kept it really open. We just want to talk about those things where you get a little nugget of something very, very interesting. And then it is gone. It's gone forever. Uh, Before we talk about One Hit Wonders, uh, normally we do a little bit of chat before the beginning of our episode, and I'm trying to think of, like, what to go with here of, like, how are we all feeling? But I'm going to be honest with you, we all just spent the last hour talking about how depressed and anxious we all are (laughs) about the state of everything that's happening in the world. So I don't know that we have it in us for just general chatter. (laughs) No, I don't think I have it. (laughs) I mean, nothing. We've got nothing. We've uh, expelled to each other our worries, our regrets about life, our... What are you... What are are the (laughs) listeners doing to make themselves feel better? Because I would like some help on that front. Because I can't find the motivation to do anything at all. Do we all need, like, these happy lights that everybody has? Is that how people deal with it? Is that, like, a real thing that I need to invest in? Should I be, like, making Zoom calls with people that are my friends? Because I'm t- sick of Zooms. Maybe I just need Netflix parties. I don't know. I think let's all get those sunlight lamps, exactly what we were talking about. Because I live in an apartment with no sun, so I haven't seen her in months. I do live in a uh, basement, yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's just, I, I will say, I still look forward to recording this podcast every time we do it. Even though the 10 minutes before we record it, I'm like, ugh, we got to do this again. But then we're in it. And I'm like, oh, this is, what was I worried about? This is great. <laughs> what if, I think um, on Twitter, we posed a question uh, finding out if people liked our themed episode or reviews episode more. Just trying to understand, like, as we plan out for the year, should we focus on one or the other? How do people feel? And it was pretty split down the middle. People like the of the people that answered. Like the two uh, people. Yeah. Every, excuse me. It was at least six. Thank you. I counted. Six. Oh, I'm impressed. Right. That's almost at the expected level of engagement for our follower count. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think it was Marina that was like, "I wish you had an episode every day." And I, I honestly think, as we barrel further into depression, I'm like, "Yes, let's do that." Then. <laughs> why not <laughs> like, not even like edited let's just like go for it just like let's us chattering why are we editing who cares the nonsense that comes out of my mouth sometimes if you listen to last week's episode i barely edited it and that was clear in the way some people's some people's sentence structures came out 
Um, well, the use of the use of like has been around since the 1500s, so that's a fact. So okay. you can't can't even talk. I don't even remember a time where I didn't use the word like. I don't even notice it in conversation anymore. It's just there. I thought that was like a Canadian specific thing, but apparently everyone does it. I mean, I believe it. I do, I only know. I don't notice it when we're talking at all. But when yeah. I'm listening, whew, do I notice every <laughs> single one? Do we like like <laughs> more than um? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, maybe this is what it is because I remember being in school, and I I don't think um is drilled out of me entirely, but it was always a thing. Don't say um when you're public speaking. Yeah. Don't um, actively try to avoid using um. But I feel like it's a necessary word element to conversation. So like has just completely replaced um. <sighs> And with all of that said, with all of the existential dread in the world and with all of the like monitoring that we have in in us, Steph, kick us off. What is your one hit wonder pick? So glad this day has come because I am 99.9% positive. No one watched the show except for me, my sister, and maybe one other person. Um, but that show is based on a – I'm going to set the scene. Maybe you're going to yell it out from the heavens because people will know. It was on ABC Family. ABC Family. ABC Family. I just want to get that point across. came out in 2009. It was based on a popular teen t- movie. And this show that no one watched is 10 Things I Hate About You. And I, I can see people now being like, that was a show? What are you even talking about? I've never heard of this. Well, friends, it was – literally a based off the movie and that's the whole plot you have literally all the same characters (laughs) the dad is the same as the guy in the movie the dad is the same but then you have everyone else reliving that plot again and it was legitimately good i don't know what else to tell you it was 30 minutes it was called a sitcom and it was legitimately funny i remember laughing repeatedly about it and it starred, which is wild when I think about, I'm looking at this list of uh, characters right now. Hold on. I need to get their names. Can't, can't screw up these these lovely people. Larry Miller, Walter Stratford, same guy. Same guy in the movie. Ethan Peck. Guys, do you, do you know who Ethan Peck is? He's a strong brow. He played um, the Heath Ledger <laughs> character. Why are you laughing? He does have a strong brow. I have no idea what he looks like. He's the grandson of Gregory Peck. Who was on an ABC Family sitcom? <laughs> Just want to buckle down on that lovely it's thing. A legacy. He was in, he was in Passport to Paris, which is wild to think about. I don't know what he's been doing recently, but he so he was our moody broody main character. Which you know what? I felt it. I I was into it. Uh, Lindsay Shaw. She was on Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. She she was cat. A whole throwback. Ned Declassified. Ned Declassified School Survival. She was brilliant in this. I loved her to death because of this. Megan Martin was Bianca, and she is from Camp Rock. She was like the enemy of Demi Lovato. And then you have Nicholas Braun, who was the guy that's in love with Bianca. And he is now Cousin Greg or Craig. I can't. It doesn't matter. In succession. <laughs> and he was also brilliant. We had a lot of tall, strong, strapping young men in this show. Which is a pity that it wasn't even, didn't even make it to season two. No one even gave the lightest of shits about this TV show. And it was a tragedy. Because, like I said, funny, 
yeah, it's not mind blowing. The plot was the same as everything else, but it was legitimately funny. And I wonder, I own this on DVD because I was such a fan of it. And I just want to point out that it has 7.3 on IMDb, which is not a bad rating. 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's really good. And it was good, guys. I don't know where you could find this now. So I looked him up. I looked up Ethan Peck online. (laughs) And this is where I'm being mindful of language again. Okay. Um, And when you said strong brow, I did not realize how strong you meant. Like, very (laughs) strong brow. I was like, oh, that is very, like, we're thinking, like, Cro-Magnum era. Like, that. (laughs) He's Gregory Peck's grandson. And they look nothing alike. They do a bit. I mean, like, the bottom, the nose and the mouth. He's basically like like a taste a taste of Gregory Peck. He's like a <laughs> diluted Gregory Peck with I like mean, I, I oh, cannot imagine really. what his mother looks like. <laughs> I mean, literally, I don't think this is on any streaming platform at the moment. <laughs> I don't know one way in which you unless you call me up, you email me, I'll email you the DVDs for you to watch. No, it's probably on Disney Plus. Holy shit. Is it? <laughs> yeah. I, oh my god. And like they own the other ten things I hate about you, so yeah, oh, so Disney Plus. This is uh, stuff from the future, and she'd like everyone to know that it is not on Disney Plus. Uh, to repeat, ten things I hate about you, the TV show is not on Disney Plus. Who knows where it is right now? I mean, again, I probably haven't watched it since two thousand and nine. So is it even funny anymore? Who's to say? I like that Who's you own the DVD. There's something about that that I really enjoy. I used to buy a lot of DVDs. Like, I have have Vampire Diaries, I have One Tree Hill, Gilmore Girls, Gossip Girl. Like, there was a period of, like, four years that I was like, I'm going to buy these DVDs because I'm going to watch these. Yeah, that's all I got to say. Pity it was canceled, but do I want to see more TV shows based off films? No. I would like other things. (laughs) You know what? There are some some things where I'm like, this movie could have been a show for sure. Yes. Yes. Agree with that. For example, Shadowhunters should have never been a movie first. I don't know what people were thinking, but then the show came. It's true, because the show is a million times better. So, and then there's stuff coming out on Netflix, which I'm going to be talking about in our next episode. Shanice, are you listening? It's directed at you. Um, That I'm interested to see how they're going to transform into TV shows from books. But do I need need another Sex Sex and the City TV show? No. Do I need any other recreations? No, because you know why? But there's so many things out there in the world and i'm i can see you guys both have lit up with your opinions i have so many opinions about the sex in the city reboot and i will keep them to myself for this episode because i don't want it to be nine hours but uh, i think the crux of them are simply why simply why does it need to exist it does not stop it you know how many romance novels there are that could be tv shows many and i'm living off the high of a second season of bridgerton okay (laughs) how well Bridgerton did like it's like at the top right now why wouldn't you just do that with every other romance novel that we want thank you like are you listening show executives is this when I make my own production company (laughs) based on my zero experience being like that's what I'm gonna do today (laughs) if they can do it for Game of Thrones I can do it for every romance series I ever read that I really enjoyed so that's it that's all I have to say and Nat you're next (laughs) like like Nat, you're next. I can't say. I'm like so next. You're like <laughs> totally next. Um, my pick for one hit wonder. Um, it was kind of hard to pick one because I feel like 
I always stop shows at one season when I'm like, this was good enough. Or like, no, I usually stop shows when I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch the rest. So I don't have like a lot of like good, I guess it doesn't have to be a show. It could be like a movie, whatever. But like, I don't have like a lot of good experiences with things. I stop at one. So I decided to pick something that only had one season out and it just got canceled. And like, listen, I know a lot of people have negative things to say about this show. I don't give a shit. (laughs) My... One Hit Wonder is Ghosted, which I don't even remember when it came out. It must have been like... <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of the show. It must have been only a few years ago. Yeah, like, I can't imagine it was that long. Oh, it was 2017. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, only... Tw- it was only... out. Like, it only came out in 2017, which is hard to, for me to believe. Like, I feel like it's been 20 years since then. But whatever. <laughs> um, basically, this show stars Adam Scott... And Craig Robertson, a.k.a. Andy Samberg's nemesis and BFF in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, obviously. Doug Judy! (laughs) Doug Judy. um, And just that alone, that combination alone was enough for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. Like, why would I not watch this? Like, it's obviously going to be great. And like... The show already has a premise that I'm interested in. It has two actors that I was like, yeah, this is a combination that I'm into. It like had the Andy Samberg feel with Craig Robertson feel. So I was like, yeah, I'll go for it. So Adam Scott is a believer of the paranormal working at a bookstore as a bookseller. And he ends up teaming up with Craig Robertson, um, who is a paranormal skeptic. He works as like a mall cop, I think. Um or security guard, something like that. He's in a uniform at some point, which is very opposite to what his uniform in Brooklyn Nine-Nine is. And they basically investigate X-Files style happenings to save the world or whatever. They get like hired. I don't think it's the FBI. It might be the CIA or something like that in like this underground um, sort of a company, like, like a side thing, kind of like S.H.I.E.L.D. from mcu that's what i have on my mind because i clearly have just been watching marvel movies this whole time so that's the only thing i can think of (laughs) nothing like shield but i see where you're going nothing like shield but you know like a little like a little niche little group off of whatever government organization that like nobody knows about but everybody knows about anyway so you find out that adam scott's sister was abducted by aliens at some point and so this is why he believes in all these things and it's like a whole thing like he's just like they'll like encounter things like i think at some point they encounter like a time travel like transponder or trans like you can like move around the world and through time or whatever and like craig robertson is like what is that and like adam scott is like that's clearly like a blah 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 and he like lists off what it is like it's clearly alien tech and you're just like what and he's like done his research so he's like that crazy like conspiracy theory guy but he's also like into the aliens and whatnot so yeah like the whole vibe is like very funny very like silly it's only like a 22 minute episode like it's like a regular like sitcom style thing and uh, i believe it was on fox as well so of course they canceled it after one season because they were like we can't have something that's this funny (laughs) (laughs) they canceled it i was really disappointed because i very much enjoyed it like it wasn't like it's not like the deep level of hilarious that Brooklyn Nine-Nine brings or it's not like something that like can continue for a very long time but I definitely thought we could have done with at least two more seasons like it was funny enough that I was like I would still watch this this combination is hilarious the hijinks they get up to classic classic I don't care if it's like a trope or whatever I love it I want more of this I want more Craig Robertson on my screen thank you very much (laughs) and it's just like the whole thing was like so funny and it got cancelled after the one season and 
and I believe I'm sure it was low ratings press perception because I don't understand this. People fucking hated that show. I don't know why. It was funny. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. It. And also like, okay. Oh, no, they did not advertise it. It kind of gave me like the same vibes of like, even like trial and error where like. Oh, yeah. It's like that subtle, like it's not like subtle, subtle humor, but it's like <laughs> yeah, no, every, everything is like a nod to something at some point, which, you know, we love. <laughs> we do love. I love a referential humor. <laughs> I would say too. It doesn't make sense. It's not really like this show at all. But I do think that if you enjoyed Timeless, oh yeah, Timeless, and a mix of Brooklyn Nine Nine, but a little less funny, admittedly, is kind of where this show netted out. Yeah. But I do think it's one of those shows where if it had just had a season two, it would have been funnier. Yeah, yeah. I think it just needed just needed time. time. Yeah, I think one of the biggest mistakes they made was have this be like I think it was like maybe 14 to 16 episodes i think they could have started off shorter and then like kind of figured out what like people were not happy about and then done something better in the second season like it was one of those shows where they definitely could have just learned from the audience but yeah that's that's pretty much how i felt about ghosted i very much enjoyed it do i remember everything absolutely not it's been like a billion years okay (laughs) what i also really enjoyed about that show that i was thinking of while you were talking was Adam Scott in particular, I love Adam Scott. Give me a little nerd any day. I hate myself. Uh, but I really liked him in that show because yeah. he was low-key, totally unhinged. Yes! He was somehow the straight man nerd character, but also the absolutely wild, insane character that made no sense and just genuinely believed the most insane things. And then sometimes they would be true and you'd be like, what is happening? So like when I was first trying to think of like the the show for One Hit Wonder or whatever, I was like, oh yeah, Ghosted was one I really enjoyed. I was like, oh yeah, it was a skeptic and somebody that believed in the paranormal. I honestly, in my head, had mixed up who was the skeptic. I kept thinking it was Craig Robertson that was the one that believed in the paranormal and was like into it. And then I was like, oh no, they did the opposite in this one where I was, that's what—that's one of the things that hooked me in the beginning because I was so shocked by it. And I don't know why it was shocking. It was just like, Adam Scott just didn't seem like that type of character, but then he was. And it was like, like even like there's a scene and I remember this scene in like the bookshop where a woman is talking about something about like a book or something like that and he's he comes up to her subtly and she's like can you believe that about like something really ridiculous and he's like yeah and then he goes into this like crazy tangent and I was like (laughs) like the shock on my face of that first moment where he does that reveal and you're like oh he is unhinged (laughs) yeah absolutely because Adam Scott doesn't look like a person who believes in anything yeah (laughs) very much that's his energy and i love that about him i love adam scott in party down and parks and rec this is very much a character that is him and i feel that uh in ghosted he was very much his typical character with a much needed breath of fresh air in being absolutely absurd yeah but also as you're talking i feel like maybe you identify a little bit with the adam scott character (laughs) Maybe I do. <laughs> just as you were talking, I was like, was Adam Scott just not in that show? <laughs> like, just me going up to Red and people would be like, let me tell you about them aliens. <laughs> I can see that for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was oh, it was so good. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I'm sad that one ended for sure. Yeah. Although, like, I mean, like, I guess I don't miss it enough to be, like, demanding another season. No, this does not. If anybody is out here leading a bring back ghosted hashtag campaign, you need to stop. It's not that deep. (laughs) 
But if you can catch the show somewhere, like if it ends up streaming yeah. anywhere, you know what? That is a lovely afternoon, you know? Or like use that concept, make something new from it. I don't know. I feel like it could do well. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there were problematic elements to it because I do remember there occasionally being some dicey stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But you just need to remake it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> just need to shows that you actually should remake. <laughs> yeah. Let's try that's... again with these Maybe that's... wonders. <laughs> Maybe that's a future episode. Maybe. Things that actually should be remade. And then we can talk about how Sex Ooh. in the City is not fucking one of them. Because you don't need to be remade when you had seven seasons and two fucking movies. And also, like, wasn't Amelie in Paris just, like, redone Sex in the City? It was just a different flavor. They were like, add a little bit of spice. If the spice is butter. Like, it was not a thing. <laughs> anyway, Christina, what is your one hit wonder? So my one hit wonder is a show I am 99% positive. I don't think anybody has heard of, particularly people listening. And I'm going to give a little background as to why. So in, and let me get my year right. Okay. Cause I want to be right about this. In uh, 2011, the series, this is not the show I'm picking, but Pan Am came out and Pan Am was, oh yeah. Pan Am was a show that was set in the 1960s and it was about the... Where are you going with this? Oh, I'm going... I'm taking you on a journey. I'm taking you... Sit back, relax, settle in, get your snacks out. We're going to go in a little moment here. So the year is 2011. (laughs) And the show Pan Am comes out that features... Honestly, it's starring Margot Robbie, Christina Ricci, a ton of really big names. And it's it's set in the 1960s and it's about the airline Pan Am and specifically a bunch of stewardesses on Pan Am and like the life of an airline stewardess. And it was very much a response to that sort of Mad Men vibe. So again, we're taking you from Mad Men to now Pan Am to then eventually the show I'm going to pick just to keep you on track. Um, And it was really, it was about the aesthetic more than the actual show, but the show was fine. And I believe it even ended up getting a second season, despite the fact that, um oh no just got the one i could have sworn i had two but it was very popular people really liked it in terms of aesthetics i don't know that people really watch that much but it was so hyped up right before that beginning episode that a bunch of other shows that were also set in the 1960s springboarding off of Mad Men and then springboarding after pan am which was also sort of the lead into that a bunch of those started flooding the market and there's one in particular that i want to talk about because i think this one is so fascinating this show aired for three episodes it had a like eight episode season run they filmed the entire season but the um the network literally pulled the plug on it after three episodes and this show was called the playboy club and right off the bat, you hear that name and you're like, okay, I'm glad that you pulled it off the show. Because very much, this is one of the shows that I only started watching, because I think it may be similar to Elementary. I was looking to understand why I would dislike it. The promos for the Playboy Club didn't look good. It was going to be set in the 1960s. It was going to be about a Playboy Club and specifically a couple of women that were Playboy bunnies working in this Playboy Club in 1960 Chicago. So there was a lot around that that I was like, this is not going to be well done. Like a bunch of men are making this show. This show's going to be an excuse for a lot of really bullshit nonsense. I know I'm going to be unhappy with this, but I would like to understand why like i want to see what they do so i can be informed in my complaints because i like to be mad about things 
But you know who I don't like to be mad about things more than? The people who surpass me in their ability to be mad about stuff. The fucking million moms Facebook group or whatever the fuck they are. Because this show had not even come out yet. It had had maybe a trailer, a picture, and it had just been announced. And the fucking million moms group was so fucking enraged that NBC or Fox or whoever the hell was putting out the show would dare make a show about the Playboy Club. That before the show even came on, they went on this massive, massive complaint of you need to stop the show. You shouldn't even air it. How dare you air this thing that sexualizes women? And then there's that like, and it's like... Have you watched modern day TV? Like, what is happening here? It was insane. The premature reaction people were having to the show. And as someone that was anticipating it was not going to be well done, I was smack dab in the middle of, I don't think the show's going to be good, but also you're overreacting. So I don't know how I feel about this. And I don't know whose side I'm on, but I know I don't like the fucking million moms launch or whatever who gets annoyed every time anything remotely sexual happens on TV. Like not all TV is made for your kids, Karen, God. And that brings us around to what this show actually was. (laughs) So again, it was set in the original Playboys Club in 1960 Chicago. It had a couple of big names in it. Um, The person I always remember the most is actually Simon from Firefly. Sean Mahir Mm -hmm. was in it. And it starts off and it really, it wasn't anything like I expected. It was enjoyable it was interesting it touched upon things i did not anticipate it was gonna touch upon at all i really thought this was gonna be a show about a woman who was forced into becoming a playboy bunny because that was very much like honestly that was very much the like thing that they were showing in was like this was sort of a last resort trying to pick her life up kind of thing that they were going for is her being the main character um and that it was gonna be really bad but I think it's the end of the first episode or even the end of the third episode. There's a ton of conversation happening about how the 1960s is the start of a lot of civil rights movements. And in particular, there are these two characters where they're a married couple, but both characters are gay and they're part of the Playboy Club and they're using a lot of the crime connections in the Playboy Club. It's actually, it's, it's Sean Mahir's character who is running for office, I believe, mm. and, and has this like perfect wife. But then at night in his house, they're running civil rights meetings for LGBT um, like the community underground and like what do they do how do they what is their next step do they stay married and there's all this really interesting you just get a gl- like a gleam of it a little glimmer of what could be because the show stopped after three episodes so you have no idea where they were going to take it but it literally looked like it was going to start having a conversation about being in the closet versus being not versus what was dangerous in the 1960s versus why was it harder for, you know, his wife to end up coming out? Because if they ever got divorced or anything happened there, she would be screwed versus how it would be different for him. Like it had a lot of things that it wanted to touch on. There were just not a very diverse show. It was a very, very white, but there was a couple of black characters on it, particularly bunnies. And there was a touching on, why it was different for them to be bunnies and what that meant and Mm -hmm. the access to a kind of respect that it gave them and a kind of freedom it gave them while also absolutely not giving them access to that at all. Like it looked like it might genuinely talk about the double-edged sword of sexuality and something like Playboy Club as being empowering 
while also not like the the ways that it can be and the ways that it can't be because on the one hand you're owning yourself you're making money off of something that people would have tried to take for you for free anyway but also you're you're in this very patriarchal very dangerous club as well because playboy club was also like a huge mob center for crime (laughs) that was one of the things about it too so there was just like it's one of the reasons I wanted to pick it is because I genuinely couldn't even tell you if this was going to be great or not. Mm-hmm. It never had the chance. It had three episodes that were so much better than Pan Am and so much more empowering than Pan Am ever was. Pan Am was out there like, we're going to tell the story of empowered women in the 1960s because they were airline stewardesses. So they had their own income. They didn't have to be married, all that stuff. And it ended up portraying women in a far more one-dimensional light than three fucking episodes of this show did. And this show got pulled off the air because of like yes low ratings but also because this fucking million mom march facebook club that we're probably fucking watching pan am the night after so like as you were talking about this i was like why does this sound familiar now i watched this show (laughs) i like looked it up and i was like i feel like somebody i knew was in it it was it was jenna dewan and yeah that's right we're in it amber heard was in it too which like but like (laughs) now but at the time it was like I remember watching this probably mostly because of Jenna Dewan and um, the guy from Firefly. But I think at the time when they had pulled the show, we found out later also, like, even though Sean was playing a closeted gay man, he was actually closeted at the time when he was playing it as well. From what I remember, the actor was closeted at the time and then he came out after that. Okay, I thought he was out at the time, but it's been a long, it's been 10 years, so I don't remember. Yeah, I like I don't fully remember, but I think like there's like a whole thing. I remember because like I was still like I just had finished school and like the club I was part of was like you have to watch this. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting. Let's watch this." And then I did, and then there were like three episodes. That's it. Yeah. And, I was, like, and this is what kills me even more to put this out there. A whole season of this show exists. They decided mm-hmm. NBC or whatever was like make the whole show and even if we don't air it we'll try to sell it to another network but no one ever bought it and those five episodes never aired they simply exist and they're not on to the best of my knowledge not on any streaming service it's not possible to watch anything other than those three episodes and that's crazy to me because they exist somewhere it's not like you just were told to stop filming entirely you made the show a show that i think probably could have lasted for only one season and probably been fine But I so desperately want to know, how far could this show have gone? Could it have done, I don't think it ever would have done a great job, to be honest, just the fact that it was created by men. I just don't believe, I'll be super real, I don't believe that it could have gone where it needed to go. But how far could it have gone? And how good could it have been? Especially an answer to a bunch of people who are, even my first reaction was, this is going to be, not only a piece of shit, it's going to be super offensive. Mm-hmm. So it would be so interesting to see where that line could have been, the conversations it could have had, and then three episodes, goodbye, never to see it again. <sighs> a shame. This could be on like our episode of things that should get rebooted or remade. Yeah, I would absolutely watch a newer version of this. I also think it could have, it could definitely come out in 2020 and not get the response it got in 2011. There was a moment where that million moms Facebook group was having a real, people were talking about them a lot. They seemed to have some kind of impact, even though they did not have a million moms. That has always been a fucking lie. Okay. It's been six women, six white ladies too fucking bored to do anything else with their day. Um, But I'd love to see what 
you know, okay, HBO, don't make Sex in the City. HBO, make this show, but hire a woman and women of color showrunners and, and people to actually make this show because there was something genuinely interesting there. And I think even for me watching it in 2011, it had the potential to open up a different thought process. Because again, I went into it thinking there's no way this is going to be good. This is going to be super exploitive. You're not going to tell the story well. You can't tell the story well, is what I genuinely believed. But after three just episodes, I was like, oh, but now I want to see what somebody telling the story well would look like. Like, open open some minds. Make some good, interesting content. Make it and then just don't call it the Playboy Club. Like, I think that's another thing. I did not love that it supported, like, Playboy itself and Hugh Hefner in particular. Yeah. Uh, just don't – just just make it something else. There were lots of clubs like this. You could you could do that. Make them cats. I don't give a fuck. It, the for, the furry, for the furry community. Just make it animals. <laughs> But on that note, that's all of our picks. Once again, I picked the Playboy Club. I picked Ghosted. I picked 10 Things I Hate About You. (laughs) I saw that little eye look you did where you had to remember, like, wait, what did I pick? Thank you guys so much for listening. And we thank you for keeping with that tangent that we went on, uh, where we just stopped talking about the Playboy Club and started talking about (laughs) And it's just because we're having a great time and everybody's completely hinged and sane and quarantine is not affecting us at all. And second lockdown is not affecting us at all. Is it still January? Apparently. This is just your regular check-in that somehow it's still fucking January. We're in an age of Aquarius. (laughs) What that means, no one can say. I love that I knew this was going to come up at some point today. (laughs) I've been waiting. Now we're officially in it. What day is it? The 22nd, 20, 20, 23rd. Yeah, we're we're in we're in two days, two two days in. You're about to start living your best life. <sighs> Apparently. So thank you guys again so much for listening. Uh you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at EatsCast or on Pinterest at everyone and their sister pod. Let us know what your one hit wonders are. Did you were you somebody that somehow watched any of the three shows that we talked about? Because I do think I we kind not. of we did deep down into things that I think are not very common knowledge and not very uh watched shows. So let us know if you saw the three episodes of the Playboy Club that existed or anything else. And let us know if you have any uh, any ideas for episodes. If there's anything you want us to talk about, if there's anything you want us to review, I hope you stick around for next week. We're very, very excited. We're going to be talking about The Project by Courtney Summers. And not just are we going to be talking about it, we will be interviewing her. So we will have our first Yay. friend of the pod who is not just our regular friend in real life. <laughs> and so we're really excited. Yay. <laughs> and that's us for next week. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. I googled Ethan Peck while you were talking and check your modem or router connection and try again. I shouldn't have said the G word.